Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. This is episode 144. It is March 24th. It is an absolutely abysmally gray and drizzly and overcast trash day in New York, and it's cold. We had um, a misleading bout of spring, as we always do, um, just the tip spring, um, and that was really joyous, and since it was snatched coldly away from me, instead of just appreciating the um, aberration of warm weather, I am just sad. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's funny, like I've been... I think avoiding making a pod because on the last one I was crying and there's a part of me that was just that has shame around the crying but then there's also a part of me that's like has shame that I wasn't like rewarded for my crying where I'm just kind of like which is such an ugly thought but it's just an honest um, thing that comes up where I'm just like I don't know like there's always an aspect to my thinking where again like everything is assigned a point system and so I'm just like crying you know allotted this many points and like how come there's no listeners and like avoid everything (laughs) um but I'm trying to sort of run counter to that and I did want to talk a little bit more about um just like ADHD and how that fits into everything and specifically like I want to talk about how words especially like diagnostic words and words that are thrown around in the name of like cognitive stuff or like um, self-care or mental health like I love that these words are spoken about with so much more honesty but for me there gets to be a point where I'm just like throwing the word around so much that I actually forget what it means in my body and in my brain. Um, And something that I talk about a lot is that like I never thought you could be a perfectionist if you were kind of a slob. And even that designation of like being a slob, like I think it has so much to do with ADHD and how... um, yeah like I just it's really challenging for me to get motivated around certain tasks and there's always a little bit of a tornado in my wake um because yeah like I I work through my day with urgency and depending on like how I'm doing like with this like very high octane scattered energy and so there's just like half completed tasks all over the place but they're left open because how else will I remember if not by visually or tripping over something that I need to go back and finish that and so you know I was like I can't possibly be a perfectionist I'm a slob but the way that my ADHD works with that is it means that like I can't I can't do anything unless other things are done in a certain way and so You know, like I can't do a podcast unless um, I've done this amount of work or because I didn't do this amount of work, I need to do the podcast so that I can have credit for having done some work. Like 
it's all sort of like interrelated and there's actually a term um, that people in the ADHD community um, use which is called scope creep which is that like you know you have this one thing to do like say I have to transfer um, some like admin stuff for my dad into my mom's name and then when I go and sit to do that I realize that there's also like a typo in this billing thing and and then it's like I have to correct that before doing the next thing otherwise you know someone's gonna find out that I I don't know how my dad's name is spelled or just like some weird thing and so then I spend like 40 minutes doing this other thing instead of doing the three minute thing that I needed to do and then I get sidetracked and the reason for that is because I feel such pressure to do anything related to my parents like really perfectly and then because I have insecurity around that I have a reluctance to just sit down and do it because I'm just like oh no I have performance anxiety around this like very small administrative task (laughs) and so in order to protect myself um, I will do these other things so that it paints a totally um, complete picture and so like it's so ugly and messy looking to me that I'm like that isn't perfectionism but of course it really is it's that you know instead of like a plus 100% wonderful it's more that like I have a picture of it in my mind of the way it should go and unless the reality actually like perfectly aligns with that picture in my mind it doesn't feel good and it doesn't count as having gotten done well. And so I don't think that the picture in my mind is perfect, but I need the thing that I'm doing to exactly resemble the picture in my mind. And that too is a kind of perfectionism. And similarly, I've talked about on this pod that like, you know, I know I'm anxious and I feel that I can feel it lately. I, I, I'm noticing that I my teeth chatter when I'm anxious And I never knew that before because I was usually clenching my teeth or um, eating something or chewing gum or smoking a cigarette or smoking weed or like just like drinking like diet soda or seltzer or just like doing something. (laughs) So I never noticed that my teeth chatter and now I'm just like not doing anything. So I'm like, oh, my teeth chatter. And that's how I know I'm anxious And then the other way that I know that I'm anxious is this thing that I talk about, which is rehearsal brain, which is that like, I don't even really know that I'm doing it, but I'm like scared that I'm supposed to have a conversation with someone. And it's so funny because on one hand, I want to be like, you know, and then I have a confrontation with someone. And so I'm just like rehearsing. It's not a confrontation, even if I just have to talk to a person Um, if I'm anxious, I'm like having the conversation with that person ahead of time so I can have a little one person dress rehearsal. But the thing about dialogue is it involves two people. And so no matter how many dry runs you do by yourself, it's usually not that helpful. And another thing I do in rehearsal brain is like, I arrange the conversation to be so exactly the way I want it that actually in real time when I'm talking to the person and it doesn't go in that direction I get really flustered (laughs) and um, my anxiety skyrockets and then I feel like a failure Um, and you know all of these things I'm like hmm yes like rehearsal brain or like plus and minus brain or like teeth chattering 
Like all of these things I can identify, but there's something about calling it anxiety where I'm just like, oh no, it's not anxiety. It's just teeth chattering and pluses and minuses and um, repeating my side of the conversation, but also your side. That's that's a separate thing. And so it's not. (laughs) And... And the thing is, it's like, because I have like, you know, not, I have a very good memory for events, but not a very good memory for short-term things I'm supposed to be doing. And so, and also I have a really bad memory for anything having to do with me. Um, And so I have started writing things down, (laughs) like I'm like anxiety equals like, and all of these things. And it's been actually really helpful. Um... The other thing too is that like I was listening to um, a friend's podcast with another friend and it's a recovery podcast and I think I might have even talked about it on here before but um, it's this writer Cord Jefferson who is wonderful and um, he was saying how for him as a high functioning depressed person that he wasn't aware that um, his depression manifested as a kind of indecisiveness and I was just like whoa that is really interesting and even then I was just kind of like but I don't have clinical depression but then last week um, I couldn't do anything (laughs) I just couldn't get anything done and it was because I was really convinced that if I made plans with this one person and not pl- made plans and didn't make plans with this other person, or even if I broke plans with this person because the thing that they wanted to do was too like big, loud, and scary, and this the plan with this other person was really quiet. I just got it into my head so much that like. I couldn't cancel on the first person because they were going to hate me. Like I was, I'm just like super convinced that they're going to hate me and I'm not allowed to cancel on them because they did a nice thing for me like three months ago and what kind of friend am I and like I don't deserve any friends and all this stuff and and then the other part was like, well, I'm canceling friends on this one person because I must be like pretty run down is making plans with this other quiet situation the way to go? And then I was just like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I'm going to feel next Thursday. I better not make any decisions. And there's just, like, no part of me, I think, without, like, really thinking about it, talking about it, writing about it, meditating about it, talking to y'all about it, where I'm like, oh, no, I think that's depression. And I'm, and so I'm like, oh, I thought clinical depression was like that euphoria episode where you don't, where you can't pee. Like, but for me, I think depression is actually being convinced that people will get angry at me at every outcome. And that means that I can't make a decision to cancel or to make a plan. And usually that, that makes it so that I have no plans and I wind up alone and that makes me even more depressed. But none of this will chart 
for me as depression. So like for me, I even have to write like depression equals truly believing everyone's mad at me. And that's like more helpful to me. And I'm not saying that like this is groundbreaking or that you might know this or not know it or that like these things will manifest for you in exactly the same way. But I think it's like really helpful for me to allow these very real things to embody all sorts of different things for me and it not having to be a one-to-one or it not resembling things that I have seen or that has been modeled for me or even just like my rudimentary non-therapist um vocabulary around it like I think it I think that's just my point like just to check in and keep interrogating like ideas around what things look like I'm not like saying like run around and just keep like you know like diagnosing yourself willy-nilly based on like whatever I guess what I'm saying is that like if you do diagnose yourself um willy-nilly maybe not doing like the WebMD version of seeing what's out there for everyone else, but actually just like getting really quiet and like seeing what comes up for you. And then like, at least operationally for the moment, allowing that to define it for you. And I I just really trust that like down the road, if someone's like, if something happens and I'm like, oh, that isn't depression that's this other thing or this is that means my medication has to be modified or whatever like that those things can become true and I'm also like very down to learn but I think what I'm saying is that like in order for me to embody these words and know where it shows up in my head and in my body I just have to tweak the definitions and the note cards in my head in a manner that actually like feels like it applies to me and so I just I give myself permission to do that and I just flag it to say if you also need to um support yourself in these ways then you are welcome to it um yeah I actually recorded this if I'm really honest because my friend Jane um mentioned that someone from their work listens to this in the car (laughs) and I don't know why but it never occurred to me that someone would listen to this in a car for some reason I this is clearly like a New New York person talking about it and that just like really warmed my heart and like I need to remember that even if just one person listens that that is like super enough and um and even if that one person is literally me as I'm talking maybe that's enough too so have a gentle day and um yeah like just sending so much love okay